even. He says, my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts, they're bigger, they're higher than your thoughts. And so um, God thinks bigger than we think for ourselves. And um, God's wish for us is that we would prosper and that we would be in health and that our souls would prosper. He wants us blessed in every arena of our lives. And so um, today we're going to be talking about seeing what God sees for our lives. So praise the Lord. God desires um, for us to look at things with the eyes of faith and hope and um, see what he sees in our hearts and in our lives. God wants us to see what he sees. Amen. He wants us to accomplish the vision that he has set for each and every one of our lives. Um, He plants a vision. He says, without a vision, the people perish. So he um, does this, you know, for every single person. He plants a vision in our hearts and in our lives so that we can run this race for him so that we can do what he's called us to do. And so many times in our lives, um, the vision is, um, you know, bigger than we think we are, you know, or or, um, something that we in ourselves couldn't accomplish because he doesn't want us to accomplish it within ourselves. He wants us to accomplish it by his grace and by his strength. Amen. So we're going to be talking today about seeing what God sees. In Matthew 6, 22, I'm just going to read that real quick here. It's interesting. It says, your eye is like a lamp. It provides light for your body. And when your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. Your eyes are windows to your heart. And so that's why God shows us and reveals and gives us vision because without a vision, the people perish. The reason they perish is it is the eyes. It is the eyes. And and when your eyes are healthy, meaning like you're seeing what God sees for you, your whole body is going to be healthy. You're going to be headed in the right direction doing what God has called you to do. Amen. And so um, we're going to just take a look at a couple people in the word of God who God started revealing to them what he had for them. You know, we're all called, um, we all have different purposes. We all have different giftings on the inside, right? And But when God reveals that to you so, so, so often, and that's why God illustrates this in the word of God, so often we um, are afraid because we think that we are not enough, you know? that we um, can't possibly do this thing. And that's the truth, really. We can't do it, but with God, all things are possible. He expects us to rely on him. We are co-workers together with God. What he sees in you is the potential that he created you with, and he sees himself in you. And he wants to work in and through you. So it's not a matter of you within your own self accomplishing something. But it's a matter of what he sees in you and what he can do through you if you'll just yield to that, if you'll see what he sees. Jeremiah 1, we're going to turn there. Jeremiah 1, verses um, 5 through 9. Here Jeremiah is hearing from the Lord. Um, And really a vision and, and a word that God can give you plants a vision in your heart. And he says this, he says, I knew you. Before I formed you in your mother's womb, before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. 
Oh, sovereign Lord, I said, I can't speak for you. I am too young. But the Lord replied, don't say I'm too young, for you must go wherever I send you and say whatever I tell you. And don't be afraid of the people, for I will be with you and will protect you. I, the Lord, have spoken, and the Lord reached out and touched my mouth. Okay, so I'm going to stop there. Notice something. First of all, God's painting a picture for Jeremiah. He's telling him what he's called to do and what he needs to accomplish for the Lord. And um, Jeremiah responds with what? With rejoicing? With like, I can do this? No. And even though the word of God says, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. And that should be a a proclamation, a declaration, you know, a a confession of your faith to agree with what God says and and who God says you are. That's a great confession for you to do every day. But in this situation, he doesn't do that. He is like, whoa, Lord, this is just like a little too big for me to handle. What you're telling me to do is meant for a, you know, more well-known prophet, someone who has some experience under their belt, you know, and then maybe he um, suggests a few people. (laughs) And, you know, um, I don't know how often God has presented something to you that has seemed too big for you to handle, or maybe you don't have the finances to accomplish it, or maybe you don't, you've never um, done something in that direction before, or whatever it might be, okay? Whatever God is showing you. In this case, God is showing him something new. (laughs) Maybe he's had words of knowledge before, maybe he's had um, visions and dreams before, but never to this extent. God just you know, blows it up. You know, his ways are bigger than our ways. His thoughts are, are higher and bigger than our thoughts. And so God starts revealing and painting a picture to show Jeremiah what he sees. But Jeremiah doesn't yet see what God sees. And so he protests, God, I am too young to do that for you. I couldn't possibly. And the Lord corrects him. And he says, that's not the response that I'm looking for. I want you to realize that I'm going to be with you all the way and that I'm going to equip you to do what I'm calling you to do. So, you know, and he just reminds me a lot of me, or I'm sure of yourself, that when God says something and it's a new territory or it's a new season, so there's new assignments or um, maybe, um, you know, whatever, something that you've wanted to do, it's a desire of your heart, but yet you shied away your entire life from doing it because you feel like inadequate or you don't feel like you could accomplish it. But God says, if he's the one who put that desire there, you can accomplish it. Amen? Because the greater one lives on the inside of you. Because with God, all things are possible. And so he's not looking at your abilities. He's looking at his ability in you. And so he wants us, when he paints a picture for us, he wants us to see who, to see what he sees and see who he sees. He wants us to see ourselves the way he sees us with the giftings, with the callings and the ability for him to use you and I. And so I love that story because it shows the reality of a human being. You know, I know there's ones in the word where they, you know, probably immediately jumped in there and they had faith, but no, like so many people, when God speaks to us to do something or that we are somebody We shy away from it and cower down, you know, and and back away from it thinking, I couldn't possibly. 
And that's exactly what he does, but then God corrects him and paints the picture even bigger. And he's like, no, you can do this. You know, he starts showing him and, and, and telling him, I'm going to be with you and giving him the courage, you know, and, and he begins gaining courage. And then he does, he ends up going and doing what God tells him to do. Amen. And he does great things for the Lord and he's a prophet of God. From that point forward, God calls him. And so, I mean, that he steps into his call before we were born, God had a call for each and every one of us. You know, before we were formed in our mother's womb, God knew what his assignment was for all of us. Why does he know that already? Because he formed us. And when he formed us, he put certain gifts, talents, abilities, and callings on the inside of each and every one of us for us to do for him, for his glory. Hallelujah. So if God is telling you that he sees something in you, I'm pretty sure that he's right. <laughs> he knows what gifts he's placed on the inside of you. He knows um, your ability. He knows what call he's placed on your life and that he has equipped you to do that call. We got to remember this scripture. It's really, really important. Zechariah 4, 6, he says, it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by his spirit. It's really not by our own, you know, um, equipment or by our own knowledge or by our own abilities that we can accomplish anything for the Lord. It's all by the power of his spirit. It's all by the equipment that he places on the inside of us to yield to him. The ability to yield to him, the ability to allow him to work in and through us. We've all got that ability. It's not by our might or power. So, you know, when we shy away from what God's telling us and we think it's too big, it's too grand, we couldn't possibly, really what we're looking at is ourselves without the help of the Lord. But he corrects Jeremiah and he says, no, I'm not talking about you yourself. No, of course not. But I'll be with you all the way. Well, then he, you know, kind of lifted his head up and he was like, okay, I'll do this. And there's some more people in the word that, I can think of that did the same, very same thing. And I'm going to share that with you in a minute. Proverbs 23, 7 says this, and this is so important with fulfilling what God's placed on the inside of you. It says, Proverbs 23, 7, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. In other words, whatever you're believing, whatever you're seeing, you thinking about yourself. And that's who you are. That's who you're going to become or that's what you're going to accomplish. And so if you don't think much of yourself, you don't think that you have the capability to be used by God or, you know, you don't think that you could possibly, maybe God's telling you you um, could play the guitar or maybe God's telling you that you can sing. Maybe God's telling you that you're to be a teacher, or maybe God's telling you, you know, there's just so many things that he could be telling you um, that he's put on the inside of you, and you shy away from it because you think, well, I couldn't do that. But you, you really can't knock it till you've tried it, right? And so Jeremiah's like, no, I can't do that. I'm too young. In other words, I don't have the experience. You might say, well, I've never done that. I don't have the experience to teach children. I don't have the experience to um, lead worship, or I don't have the experience to play guitar. Well, nobody does until they have learned, right? And so you just don't know what abilities God's placed on the inside of you, but if you have a desire there, it's probably the Lord that's placed the desire there. 
Amen? And so he, ha- he knows what he's equipped you with. And so Proverbs 23, 7 is so important. He says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. That shows us that it is so, so important to see what God sees so that we think the way God thinks about us. Because if we think something opposite of what God sees or what God thinks about us, we're going to be something other than what God wants us to be. And we're not going to to accomplish the things that God wants us to accomplish. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So what God had to do with Jeremiah and with numerous others, including myself, in the Word and in the present age, um, he has to continue painting that picture till we finally get it and see what he sees. And understand that it's not by our power or might that we're going to accomplish this, but by the power of his spirit. All he's saying is you have the capability, if you'll yield to me, if you'll yield to my spirit, to do these things for my glory. Amen? Isn't that good? So the way you see yourself spiritually with the eyes, with your eyes, it can be either with eyes of doubt or eyes of faith. It depend depending on which way you you know what you see yourself as it it will bring bring the outcome. It will be what you become, and so that's why God continues. And I think I'm thankful that God doesn't just show you one time what He wants you to be or what He wants you to do. I mean, He will keep on going. I love it that God says in His Word too that His gifts and callings are without repentance. That means that whatever he placed on the inside of you, even if you miss it, even if for years you shy away from it because you think you're inadequate, um, it's still there, still knocking on your heart's door, right? And until you finally start seeing what God sees. And so God continues for each and every one of us to paint the picture until we grab a hold of it and see what he Sees. And I believe, this is something I believe, that once you grab a hold of it, if you've missed some time <laughs> of receiving and seeing the way he sees, that he can accelerate you, that he can bring you right up to where you were, should have been by the power of his spirit. So let's just say um, you're called to be a writer or a teacher or maybe even a mother, but things just don't line up in the natural. It just doesn't seem like that is possible. Maybe you might be like Sarah, um, Abraham and Sarah, and you were barren, you know? And so that just naturally doesn't seem possible. Yet God keeps telling you, you're a mother, you know, that you have a desire to be a mother or a writer. Oh, man, I'm horrible at my English, you might think. You know, how could I possibly be a writer? Well, God knows what he's put on the inside of you. He knows that he's put, you know, adventure on the inside of you or, or, you know, whatever it might be, um, a love novel on the inside of you, whatever it might be. He's placed things on the inside of you, and he has also equipped you to do those things. But you have to see yourself with his ability working in and through you. See yourself as God sees you. Here's another person in Genesis 15, 5. We're talking about Abraham. It says, and then the Lord took Abraham outside. So God starts speaking to Abraham about something that they had never been blessed with, a child. They didn't have a child. His wife was barren on top of it. Um, And now they're in their 80s. I mean, they missed the mark, right? So it's like, uh, now we've got Jeremiah, who's too young, and now we've got Abraham. And listen, Then the Lord says to Abraham, go outside 
Look up into the sky and count the stars. If you, um, if you can, that's how many descendants you will have. <laughs> and, you know, we know the story. Sarah laughs, and I'm sure Abraham was like, um, I'm sure you know, but just in case you haven't, for, in case you've forgotten, I'm now 85 years old, okay? And um, we've, we're too old. So Jeremiah's too young, and Abraham's too old. But God's speaking this to him. He's painting a picture. He's like, look up in the sky. This is your descendants. You can't even count the number. And he even tells him in a different passage, look at the grains of sand. That's how many descendants you have. And so he's painting these pictures until Abraham gets it, until Abraham counts the Lord as faithful. And I love that God still works things out, even though we know the story. Him and Sarah help God out by him um, sleeping with Hagar, the, the, um, the maid or whatever, and they have Ishmael and kind of mess some things up. Well, I'm thankful that God can just clean up our messes sometimes. You know, I'm thankful that when we miss it sometimes, that God is merciful. His mercies are new every morning. His gifts and callings are without repentance. And so God had this plan in place for Abraham to be the father of many nations. And even though Abraham missed the mark, he shied away from it. And he says, I'm too old or I couldn't. I'm, I'm too old or my, my wife is barren. There are so many things against what God was saying. Like in the natural, it looked impossible, absolutely impossible. But we all know with God, all things are possible, even though with man, it's impossible. And so again, God's plans for him are bigger and higher and wider. And it just, his, his mind was blown. He's like, okay, Lord, I see that you're painting this picture. And I see that you're showing me what you have for me, but I can't, I'm too old. And the Lord continues to paint that picture until he finally gets it and sees that with God all things are possible. I love it. Um, Hebrews 11, 11 and 12, it says that um, Abraham and Sarah counted the Lord. And you can read it for yourself, but just in a nutshell, they counted the Lord God faithful to keep his promises. In other words, if you will see, even though the odds might be against you naturally speaking, if you will see what God sees, if you will see what God sees, or you will look at the picture that the Lord's painting for you by, you know, prophetic word or by the desires that he's placed in your heart, or um, maybe he's actually giving you vision of you doing something. If you see what God sees and you'll accept it and say, the Lord, I count the Lord faithful for he will fulfill his promises. Um, and start setting your hand to it or preparing like I talked about on Friday night by just seeking the Lord and being on your knees before the Lord in prayer. He'll show you which path to take. The word of God says it in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. Don't look at the natural. What, is, what was Jeremiah and Abraham doing? They were looking at the natural. They were looking at their capabilities. They weren't looking at God's capability. God created the heavens and the earth and everything that in them is. Everything he created. This is not too big. This is not too small for the Lord. And if he's saying this is on the inside of you, then believe it. Count him as faithful and just trust him. 
and seek his face and he'll start adding all these things unto you. So God's so merciful and so forgiving and we see that with Abraham and um, his gifts and callings are without repentance. He didn't move on to the next person. He still had this plan and purpose for Abraham. And he was like trying to miss it. (laughs) Or he was trying to even make it happen. You know, and you could say that was somewhat of faith. But at the same time, he kind of took a wrong direction for a little bit. But God wants to use you and I. And he does not want us to live a stagnant life. Um, He wants us to accomplish some things in this life for him. And you know what else is you're never going to be more fulfilled than when you're doing what God's called you to do. And so God wants his people fulfilled, filled with joy because you're being used by God for his glory. Amen. Hallelujah. Then we got this third man. His name's Moses. Okay. And, uh, I can relate to Moses. Actually, I can relate to each one of these because at one point in my life, I was too young, you know. And um, um, now with Moses, you know, he doesn't feel adequate. And so we're going to read um, Exodus 3, 10 and 11. Hallelujah. We know the story, but I'm going to read it. Exodus 3. 10 and 11. So God is dealing with Moses. He's telling him what he has for him, what he's called him to do. And Moses is like, what? (laughs) It says, now, so Moses is seeing this burning bush, and he must have been a worshiper. He must have been, you know, he loved the Lord and wanted to seek his face and and in communication with the Lord because um, he recognized the Lord's voice. So he's talking to the Lord, and the Lord starts talking to him. We know the burning bush and all that, but I'm breaking it down into a nutshell. It says, now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people, Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses protested to God again. He protested what God's telling him to do. Why? Because it's too big for me. How could I possibly do that? He says, Who am I to appear before Pharaoh? And who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? So God encounters, and he's just spending his day, you know, maybe he's, you know, leading his flock, and he's worshiping the Lord, and all of a sudden he has an encounter with the Lord and this burning bush. And the Lord starts audibly speaking to him through this burning bush. He's having an encounter. And, and your encounter with the Lord could be the still presence, and he's starting to speak to you, giving you a vision of what he has for you. Your encounter with God can be a burning bush, or it could be a visitation, um, whatever it might be. Or I've had encounters with the Lord where his word is just pierces my heart. And I hung on to that word for like three years until that thing was fulfilled. So his word can come to you in many forms. But anyways, the Lord, he encounters the Lord and the Lord paints a picture and starts telling him what he sees him doing. Moses. He says, Moses, I see you bringing my people out of Egypt. And Moses is like, I don't see what you see. Who am I that I would approach Pharaoh 
and that I would lead your people out of Egypt. Who am I? I'm nobody. I'm nobody special. Who's felt like that before? I felt like that before. In fact, when the Lord started dealing with me, I was in my young 20s. We were doing um, youth ministry back then, and, you know, I had answered the call of God. However, God started revealing, and, and as you kind of get closer and move forward with what the Lord has for you, sometimes he'll unfold another piece of the puzzle. And what he was showing me was ahead of time, and I didn't believe it. Now, and I actually didn't really think about Moses, and I literally said the same words. He was showing me a vision of me ministering um, in another country, which has happened, but he's showing me ministering. And I was like, what? Why are you showing me that? Who am I? I literally said the same words, and the Lord literally spoke to me, and he says, that's exactly what Moses said. And um, in other words, you know, even though he felt that way and said those same things, God was still able to use Moses to lead the people of God out of Egypt. Each one of these people have a common denominator. They have the Lord showing them, revealing to them his plan, painting a picture. This is what I see for you. He's speaking to their hearts of, of the plans he has for them. This is what I want you to do. This is what's on the inside of you. Each time, they were like, who am I? How could I possibly accomplish that? I'm too young. I'm too old. I'm too inadequate. I don't have great speech, you know. What's your excuse? <laughs> What has the enemy come against you with? What has your natural senses told you you can't do? You know? And so in each one of these stories, God's painting a picture, showing what he sees, but every single time they back away, and I'm about to fall, they back away and shy away thinking they can't do that. How could I possibly do that? And the Lord sees his ability in and through them. And he knows what he created them to do. He knows the, the gifts and talents he's placed on the inside of them. And he wants to use them for his glory. And you know that he's uh, no respecter of persons and that he created each one of us. And before he formed each one of us in our mother's womb, he had a plan and he had a purpose for each one of us to accomplish something for his glory. It might not be to lead his people out of Egypt and it might not be um, to be a prophet to the nations, but to affect and be a light unto the world to your very own city even. But even to that extent, so many people shy away. How could I speak to a stranger? I don't know what to say. But the Lord told his disciples not even to think or meditate on what to say, but that in that same hour he would give them the words. And God says it's not by your might, it's not by your power, but it's by the power of the Spirit. Every single human being that has ever done anything great for God, it wasn't because they were so great. They were just like you and I. They even probably, most likely, because God puts it in there so often, most likely they had questions. They questioned their ability. They questioned their strength. They questioned whether they were too young or too old or whether they had the gifts that they could possibly do this thing. But every time, I love that scripture. It says, 
Man's plans may fail, but God's purpose always prevails. If God has his mind set on something, and he has had his mind set on you, if his mind is set on something, his purpose will prevail. He is just going to keep painting that picture, telling you, telling you, telling you, till you finally say, yes, Lord, here am I. Send me. Yes, Lord, I'll do it for you. I believe, I count you as faithful. The only reason he would ever ask you to do something is because he knows what he already placed on the inside of you and he knows that if you'll just see the way he sees that you can accomplish great things for him and for the kingdom of heaven. Isn't that good? So for too long, I think the body of Christ has shied away, shied away from, from going out into all the world to preach the gospel shied away from laying hands on the sick to see them recover because they're afraid of what might or might not happen. But it's not our job to heal them. It's the greater one who lives on the inside of us to heal them. That's his job. We are co-workers together with God. We are his vessel. He says, I will live in them. I will walk among them. I will be their God. They will be my people. But guess what? He's not going to be able to let his light shine if we are walking around with a cover over our face like Moses. He's not going to be able to use you and I unless we say, yes, Lord, I see what you say you see. I will do what you say I should do. And I know I and myself can do nothing, but Lord, greater is he who is in me than he that is in the world. I will do what you want me to do. I will go where you want me to go. I am going to stop putting the brakes on. I am going to stop telling you why I can't do something because you already told me I can If God's asking you to do something for him, for his glory, he has given you the capability. He has put the deposit on the inside of you and the giftings on the inside of you. It's time that the body of Christ not shy away from what God has for us and for us to see what he sees. Amen? Hallelujah. In Galatians 6, 9, he tells us... Don't grow weary in doing what is good, for at just the right time, you will reap if you don't faint. Look at at, um, Abraham. (laughs) God spoke to him, told him something that was like too big for him to grasp. He painted a picture of him having, you know, a descendants as many as the stars or the sand. And then on top of it, you know, the odds were against him. Him and his wife are super old. And then after that, you know, it takes a long time, and so they help God out. But yet, you know, about 25 years later, they have their first son. You will reap if you don't faint. They counted God as faithful. They began to see what God sees, that he had leadership abilities on the inside of him. That if he would just yield to God and see what he sees, that all things would become possible with God. You know, God's looking for hearts and people who are willing to see what he sees. I just think about um, Noah and the ark. You know, I'm bringing back all these Old Testament stories. But I think of Noah and the ark. I mean, they were in a drought, you know. God tells him to build an ark, this huge ark. Think about it. 
All the odds are against them. There's no rain. He's supposed to gather animals from all over the world. And on top of it, people are making fun of him. And on top of that, he's never built an ark. It's not like he has this great architecture ability. God's telling him all this stuff. He painted a picture, but he didn't doubt. And even in the face of controversy, even in the face of of the enemy coming against him, telling him, you can't do this, telling him, you're ridiculous for doing this. How many of you have ever had something like that? God tells you to do something, and you count him faithful, and you start at it. But yet it's taking a long time, and I don't really know exactly how long it took Noah to build that ark. We could probably Google it right now. But he believed God. And that's what God wants us to do. Whenever he reveals to us what he sees, he wants us to count him as faithful and respond in faith. That's her name. (laughs) Respond and act in faith and start doing or start seeking or start preparing for what God has for each and every one of us. And then continue doing what is good. Continue preparing or continue setting your hand in that direction and you will reap if you don't faint. Hallelujah. Well, I'm going to welcome the worship team back up here. It was just an encouragement today. Start believing. I know you don't even have to probably seek what God's saying. Because many of you know what God's been saying for years. But we've been shying away from it. If God says you're a mighty man of valor, that means you can conquer. (laughs) You've been given supernatural strength. If God says you're a worshiper, Start worshiping the Lord in spirit and in truth. You don't have to have a microphone. Just start letting the Lord know how much you love him. He is going to bring you from glory to glory in your gifting and in your call. But you got to start setting your hand to something, letting him know you believe him, you count him as faithful. If he's called you to be a teacher, then there's some things you must do that you need to go to school or whatever, set your hand to that, something that God can bless. If he's called you and you're really great at math, well, then set your hand to be an accountant or to be um, engineer or whatever it is that's on your heart. And you might think, oh, that's too big. That's too much school. You know, I couldn't do that. You know how much, how fast time flies? It feels like every single day, the next day is Sunday for me. It just comes up so fast. Time just flies by. And when you're in school, I don't know who I'm speaking to, but when you're in school, it's going to go by so fast. Four years or six years, whether you're getting your master's or doctorate, whatever. That time period is so short. God wants you to be equipped to do and to bless his kingdom with your gifts, your talents, your abilities. He wants you to become masterful in what he put on the inside of you. So just let the Lord know this morning, Lord, I yield to you. I yield to your plan and to your purpose. Father, I desire to be used by you. Lord, I just repent of of, um, protesting the way these men of God protested at first. Lord, I repent of protesting. I repent of 
um, shine away from what you're showing me, Lord. And Lord, I respond with a resounding yes. I say yes to your plan, yes to your purpose. And yes, Lord, I see now what you see. I see that with me by myself, yeah, it might be impossible, but with you by my side or with you working in and through me by your power, by your spirit, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. Father, I just thank you. And I just praise you right now. Begin painting the picture once again for me, reminding me, Lord, of what you have put in me. Help me, Lord, to see what you see. Help me to set my hand to what you've called me to so I can bring you glory, bring you praise, and Lord, so that you can just fulfill my heart and life. Father, I just lift up, Lord, and I just pray, Lord, today for the tithes and offerings, Lord. You said to bring all our tithes into the storehouse so there will be meat in my house. Lord, this was a way that you set up to just help the ministry and your work function so that we could keep feeding your sheep and your lambs, Father. Father, I just pray for the blessing on the giver and the gift and every seed sown in this place today. Lord, I just give you glory and praise, Lord, that you are meeting needs in this house and in the people's lives, that you they are planting seeds and a great harvest is coming forth, Lord. I thank you, Father, for the season of harvest, reaping what we have sown, reaping the harvest, Lord, that we have sown seeds. Father, I just call in the harvest now in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we give you glory and praise and thanksgiving, Lord, for just repainting that picture for us today, helping us to see what you see this morning. Hallelujah. We love you, Lord Jesus. Oh, we love you, Lord. Let's just worship the Lord just for one more moment. God deserves the worship, the praise. Hallelujah.